All right, I am recording. Um, all right, Matt Polkamp, how's the lockdown uh, treating you? Uh, not too bad. Let's see, um, able to get out and uh, get in the sunshine a little bit here and there. Um, it hasn't been too, I mean, you know, I'm keeping myself busy. I mean, it hasn't been awful, really. Yeah, and you're in uh, L.A. now, obviously, which oh, I guess it's been, how long have you been there now, Matt? Been in L.A., let's see, about 10 years. Oh, a little over, oh my God. A little over 10 years, I know, it's crazy. That's crazy. I, I know you've been there like years, but not like 10. That just shows how quick everything goes now, doesn't it? I know. Yeah, I came out. Um, my wife at the time and I came out, I think, uh, for about six months in 2007, just to kind of get a taste, yeah. uh, you know, during the winter and stuff. And then we went back and then we ended up moving back out here in November of 2009. We've been here since ever since. What year did you race double A till? Oh, man, I think my last year was 2010. 2010, okay. Yeah, yeah just kind of hanging on, you know, hanging on the scraps at that point. Just kind of, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, kind of like, yeah. just talking yourself every morning, talking yourself into it like, yeah, I still got that. Right. You know, it's, like, it's, it's really hard, man. It's, it's painful really to hard. into it. Yeah, yeah, it's a rude awakening. but And you never think it's coming, and then it just, it's like, wow, I'm the old guy now. Right. I got. To, I, I know I've said this before. Somebody said that. I've heard you say that before, Dale. Um, I got to the point when, like, the last couple of years, when I was in the semi, and my goal, which was a hard goal, was to be top two into the first turn, which is super hard, but I knew I was going to get passed by two or three dudes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how messed up it was, you know? <laughs> give yourself a little, yeah, a little uh, buffer. Just it's, it's yeah, coming. where normally, you know, in, in the in the nineties, like you know, third, fourth, fifth in the first corner. Okay, I'm good, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you got, you know, later on, you got like Baba and then Mike Day because <laughs> exactly. they're coming, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to the start with you, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, right? Yep, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Yep, I uh, grew up there, got into BMX. I uh, saw it on, um, actually on Nickelodeon, it's the, uh, it's the Wild Man episode of The Worlds in, uh, in Orlando. Wow, he, the Wild Man got you hooked? Oh yeah, yeah, so, um, and he's from Ohio too, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But I saw that race on TV on Nickelodeon and then Mike was just like, oh, what is that? I want to do that. And then I'd get the magazines and, um, you know, parents took me to the track just to check it out um you know a few weeks after that and they weren't really into it because i was swimming and playing baseball you know all those mainstream things and they didn't know what bmx was like you know looks like you know it's a bunch of rough kids blah 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 but it turned out to be the opposite and they uh really stuck by me and supported me in it and uh yeah so i remember you was i know you was always a swimmer so you were swimming before bmx and like as a kid yeah, yeah, I started competitively swimming um, when I was like five. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, because my brothers and sisters all uh, were swimming studs and got scholarships to college and all that, was, you know, through swimming. Um, so I, I stopped swimming competitively. I think it was my senior year in high school. I um, qualified, I think, for the district meet, swim meet. And I had a BMX race before the meet, like the week before, and I ended up crashing. And breaking my leg, um, Brian Streeby ran over my leg and, <laughs> and broke my leg, so I couldn't I couldn't compete in the uh, in the regional meet, um, and that was kind of the end of my uh, my swimming career competitively. Yes. Yeah. Who were some of the guys you was? Uh, I mean, first of all, what was your local track then in uh, Cincinnati? Uh, first, it was Riverstar BMX, which was on the east side of Cincinnati, and that's uh, I think it's a parking lot now. Yeah. Um, and then it was uh, Fort Hamilton. Yeah. That was the next one, and then after that, uh, Cleves, which I think is still up and running now. Yeah, uh, I only ever did, apart from Columbus, you know, obviously the Christmas Classic, we did an outdoor national in the 90s somewhere in Ohio, but I can't even remember where it was. ABA. I think there, yeah, there was, an, it was, was it ABA? I think it was ABA, yeah. Um, Kettering. Could have been, could have been, yeah. yeah Kettering, Brookville. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, uh, surge in ABA. Uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s in that area. But it's more an NBL uh, place, though, wasn't it, like Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. And then um, Bob Bruns 
uh, old school MBL track operator came in and like made a deal with the ABA or something and just like influx the whole, you know, whole area with ABA, uh, ABA tracks, which is good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. Who were some of the guys that you raced with in the first couple of years? First couple of years, um, national circuit. Um, let's see, like Timmy Sterlecki. He was, you know, he was this, you know, just a stud. There was Timmy. Who else? Um, Mark Sterius, way back. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, cyclocraft, right? Yeah, Billy Botek. Remember him from Connecticut? I remember just his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like a big. He was like a wrestler, I think, and he um, like wrestled in school, and he was just this, you know, big, thick necked you know, power plug. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, I never raced Ronnie Gasca. He was a little bit older. Right. Um, Stumpy. I raced Stumpy. I remember Stumpy. I was even watching the video today, you guys. I know, you, again, we'll, we'll get to that part. They were like, your last amateur year on Schwinn, last couple of years, it was like you and Stumpy, right? Like 18 to 18, was it 17, 18X or something? Yeah, I think it was 18, 19. 18, 19, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I raced... Um, Gosh, man, Miranda, these are questions Miranda I haven't thought about in a long time. Miranda, What's that? Was Miranda in your class? I would race uh, Robbie once once a year, and it would be at Pittsburgh, because I think his birthday is on, like, mine, mine's the 6th, and I think his is, like, July, I don't know, bef- you know, it's in July, but it's before the 6th, so we would always meet up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's, like, the one race that we would race, um, and I remember he would always jump the inside of that. Uh, into the last turn, that big gap, right, <laughs> and always pass me because I don't know why I would, you know, I just wouldn't jump it, and so I go around the outside every lap, you know, right, <laughs> sneak on by, right, right. But yeah, that was the only time I'd race Robbie back then, you know. So how long did it take you just until you started winning nationals and stuff? I think I got my first amateur win. I was like sixteen, and that was in um, Memphis, like a shady, shady warehouse track national. Uh, Memphis. I think I might have been to that one actually. I, maybe not that one, but I seem to remember going to Memphis, some like barn. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, freezing cold. Exactly. Yeah. And was you already on DK then, or you got kind of picked up around that time? No, I think at that time I was on uh, McFarland's, which was a bike shop team. Uh-huh. I think they just gave me like a shirt to wear, and that was it. Um, uh, yeah, so I got that, and then once I won that, kind of started to get a little bit of a you know a little reputation. Mm-hmm. you know being fast and uh yeah so after that i think uh, after that win i rode for bonsai do you remember that no no was that nbl uh, florida yeah well florida company bonsai right. oh i think uh, i think i remember yeah, I yeah you do you yeah, do. yeah, like yeah Don, sure. donnie fredericks and uh gosh these are names that i haven't even wow yeah i don't know so it, it was a uh, like a what like a south florida uh-huh. uh bike company they made like titanium Bikes back in the day. Yeah, no, I remember now. That's the event under in England. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah, so yeah, I, I can yeah. remember that. That's why I remember. Yeah, Scott Belmont, the guy actually, I'm going to do a podcast with later this week. Uh, he had he had one. Um, okay. What? Because uh, the first time I saw you, I think it was in Snap Magazine, and I think you was on DK, and so it'd have been about ninety three, ninety four, maybe even around the Detroit World's time. Was is that is that right? Yes, yeah, probably uh, after that. After that. After that, yeah. Detroit Worlds, that was, was that 94? Yeah, was you racing that? Yeah, I was there, man. I was, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, I wasn't, uh, how old was I then? I guess I was 17. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything there. Um, but yeah, I think I got on DK probably after that. Yeah. Not, not, not too long after that. Who were some of the guys on D- you was on DK with? Let's see, DK was uh, Billy All. He okay. was a pro. Um. Greg Beam, he was like an older amateur guy. Let's uh, jeez, these names have been so long, man. Um, Robbie Morales. He yeah, tore, a little bit later, mm-hmm. a little bit later he was. Scott Yokelet. Okay, Yokelet, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Yokelet was on there, um, and Budden actually Budden that kind of ran the program. Mm-hmm. I I think that I think it was uh, around that time where he was part of it. Um, but yeah, man, that's wow. That's really digging, digging in my brain right now. I can't. Uh, so the last couple years, uh, amateur. So like I said, it was you, Stumpy, and actually, you did you get on Schwinn when you were still amateur, right? So I kind of. How did they kind of go from one to the other? Yeah. So I think. Um, let's see. Do you remember when the NBL Grands were in Columbus? 
That was 93. I didn't, I think it was 93. I didn't go that year, but I've seen videos of it and stuff. Yeah. I think it was 94. Okay. 94. Then, because yeah. I grad, yeah, I graduated high school. So, um, yeah, so I won that, um, I won the title, won the race and I was on DK and then, uh, Bill Grad, uh, came up to me at that point and, um, he was putting together the Schwinn team. So, um, what was your question? Lost yeah, just, just kind of the transition from DK to Schwinn. Yeah. 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 So, um, I won that and Bill was starting to build the Schwinn team, had no idea who he was. Just this weird guy came up to me after the main and was like, listen, I didn't know who he was. Um, but talking, you know, talking about, um, putting together Schwinn, I was like, you know, Schwinn had no idea what they were doing. They were making a comeback. And, uh, so basically I guess it was, uh, beginning of 95. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, it was the fall of 94. Uh, when I got on Schwinn actually. Yeah. And that's, so is that when the team started from scratch with obviously, uh, Brian and Alan and Bogey yeah, and exactly. everybody? And yeah, Bogey and, um, let's see who else was on it. I think uh, Joey Garcia, Strzelecki. Strzelecki, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a rad team, wasn't it? How was that then? So, that, so, so obviously the support probably really stepped up then because obviously Schwinn, I mean, I'm sure DK was a good deal, but wasn't Schwinn like part of that new money that was coming into the sport at the time, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, early on, um, I, I remember after the MBL Grands, the one that I was just talking about in Columbus, I had a meeting with Bill Danishek, and, um, you know, I felt I had a little bit of a clout since I just won the title and all that. And mm -hmm. he was kind of, you know, talking about the following season, like what we wanted to do. And I was like, wow, I really want to go to the fall nationals. I've never been to California to race. And it was, you know, so the Grands were in September. So the fall nationals were like the next month. And he's like, well, I don't really think we have enough budget. So he kind of said no. So I got a call from Bill Grad saying, hey, you know, I'll fly you out here um, just to, just so you can experience it and, and all that. I was like, heck yeah. So he sent me a ticket, mm -hmm. flew out, raced um, the fall nationals on Saturday with a DK uniform mm -hmm. and crashed, did terrible. And then Bill came up to me and he was like, you know, we'd like to offer you this ride, even though, you know, we have faith in you. You know, I really believe in you, man. Even though you crashed, I know that you, you know what you're capable of. So, you know, we still want to offer you this ride. So uh, the next day, uh, I wore a Schwinn uniform, which is pretty shady without telling DK. <laughs> and, I know, I know. You know Pre-social media, though, you could get away with it almost, you know, at least for a while. Yeah, I know. At least to get exactly. home and tell him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I ended up winning that day, winning, uh, you know, against Mike Hayek and, you know, all those guys yeah, back in the day. So it was cool. It was cool that he had the faith, you know, had faith in me. You know, we still, even though I had a really bad Saturday, he's like... We still believe in you. We want to, you know, we want you to go. We want to go forward with this. So, uh, and then I ended up winning. Awesome. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Long story, but. So then, what you went back and told DK? Yeah, I, th I think word got out somehow. Um, yeah, and then I talked with Bill, and I, you know, to this day, I just it's, what a, what a shitty thing to do, you know. But you're 17, you don't yeah, know any better, and you know, got flown to California to race the Fall Nationals and see all my heroes and. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, um, so, you know, I figured myself a little bit, but it was kind of, looking back, it's kind of, that's kind of a shitty thing to do, for sure. What kind of deal was Schwinn then? Is that basically just go and race wherever you wanted to? Yeah, at first it was pretty much, um, you know, whatever races that I wanted to go to. They had pretty much a schedule that was um, locked out for everybody, and uh, we would just do that. My problem was I didn't want to travel too much. You know, I just didn't want to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they accommodated that, but um, yeah, so it was it was great. It was, I mean, you know, a dream come true, really. How was it being teammates with? Uh, you probably obviously knew him, Brian and Alan, and uh, all those guys. Yeah, it was just intimidating, mm -hmm. you know, knowing who they were and uh, you know following them and looking up to them and seeing them in the magazines and all that. It was definitely uh, surreal for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah. For sure. And then would you say like the next, and that's when you really, because I, I moved in 96, but I spent a lot of 95, 96, a lot of time in, in California and stuff. And that's when I started to, you know, really work out who he was and stuff. It seemed like you and Stumpy battled a lot, right? Yeah, we battled. Um, so I guess we battled. Uh, so that first year when I was 18, I won the title on DK in Columbus. And then the following year, I was still amateur. So I was defending that title and I was on Schwinn. Mm -hmm. And I think the Grands were in Louisville. And, uh, yeah, so Stumpy and I, that's kind of when we, we started racing each other more consistently. And I won the title that year. Um, basically, we, we went into the grounds. I think we were both 
tapped out, and it was whoever did better in the in the main. And uh, he was ahead of me, and he slid out in the first turn and crashed. And I just kind of, you know, rode around him and won the title. Right. Well, you guys, because I remember so you, and I've seen a lot of videos. You guys had some pretty heated battles. Uh, were, you, were you guys cool off track? And I know Stump is a really nice guy, but um, yeah, well, how was your relationship off the track? Yeah, I mean, I I looked up to the guy. I it, it seemed to. I know how it looked on the outside. It looked like I was probably always gunning for him. I, he he was he probably got the best of me more often. So I was always right there, and uh, we just always came together. And it probably outside looking in, it probably looked like I was trying to take him out all the time, but it was not bad at all. Um, but yeah, we had some. Uh, we came together a lot. Um, I think actually, his, I think his dad didn't like me at all because <laughs> I, I was just this dirty, you know, this dirty kid from Ohio, you know, taking his son out. And but it was not that at all. It was not that at all. But yeah, we had a lot of battles. I, I looked up to somebody. I mean, the whole whole career, man, you know, through amateurs and pro, he was definitely a role model, you know, for, for all of us, really. Yeah, and absolutely, yeah. Our peer, yeah. I always felt bad. I'd catch myself, you know, we'd always, all of us would always, you know, week after week, we'd all travel and stuff together, and we always, you know, sit together a lot of the times. Uh, I'd always sometimes, you know, catch myself in, you know, as we were, our conversations, and they'd get pretty bad during, you know, Sunday, everyone just sitting around talking crap, and sometimes I'd look up as he's, whatever I'm doing, I see stumping. I'm like, oh man, I'm just saying all this, and I know you're just such a good dude, isn't he? You know? Yeah, he, he was just just taking it, you know, just, just and then he just shaking his head that he's inside. such a good guy, you know. He'll just take it, like you know, listen to yeah. who knows what what people are talking about, and just uh, roll right. with it. You know what? The conversations aren't bad. They got by Sunday, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you must have turned pro what ninety five, ninety six. I turned pro, let's see, it was the ABA Grands of 96, so end of 96. I turned for, uh, for the Grands, actually. How did you do? Single A, uh, made the main, had some crashes. Um, I remember wearing an open face helmet, like, get, like busting my nose and getting a nosebleed. It was open face helmets. Mm -hmm. um, but So made the main in single A, got like sixth or seventh, and then the Friday night show, I made that. Oh, I made wow. that it was like the only single A to get in there. It was my first pro race, oh, that's good. and I got and I got in the main. Um, I got like eighth in that. What did you win? That's show. when you always got prizes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I won a set of Kavachi wheels. <laughs> I was just about gonna say that. I, was, <laughs> I think I won a set one year. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. First okay. place was like a pinball machine or, or, you know. <laughs> or a TV or something. Yeah, yeah, something crazy. Um, but yes, I. It's weird because I always seem to do better in uh, racing against, you know, you guys mm -hmm. when I was single A uh, for some reason. I don't know. Maybe the pressure was off or whatever, but I always uh, did better in pro open than I did in single A how long did it or, take su how or long super did, class. How long did it take to turn double A? Did you kind of take your time? I turned, um, I turned before I had to make the money. Before the, I can't remember what the cap was that you had to make in single A. It was a couple grand or something, but I, I turned before. I made the money, um, just because I felt like, uh, just like I feel like I'm, I'm getting worse. Like I'm not. Mm -hmm. It's just there's so much, you know, just the riding, the diving, the crashing, and all that. Just feel like I should probably race double A before I get hurt in single A. Yeah. Um, so I moved up uh, Tanglewood. Tanglewood. I think whenever that race was, probably in the spring. Mm -hmm. So I probably was uh, single A for about four months, five months, and then turned. Double A, uh, Tanglewood in the spring sometime. How did the and start of your double A go? My first moto, I remember this, my first moto of double A, very first moto of my double A career, you know, moto one, Saturday morning, <laughs> I was winning, uh, and then Boots freaking passed me at the finish line by like a wheel. <laughs> and then I was bummed because it would have been like, you know, my very first double A race, you know, you know, on record, I would have won, you know, won the moto. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember if I made the main or not um, that weekend. I might have. I feel like I did, but um, I can't remember. I just remember Boots passing me at the finish Was line, you at the double A when they did moto money at some races? It might have been a little bit before that. It might have been 94, 95. No, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, for sure. And more were like NBL Grands or something, I remember. It was like, I don't know, it was 150 bucks if you want a moto or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think the first year they did that was probably at the Grands, and then they sprinkled it throughout the season. But I, yeah, I remember not making the main at, uh, 
at, in uh, Louisville, the Grands, and like coming home with like five hundred bucks from like Moto money, right? <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like that being psyched. Yeah, that's uh, good. Good times. Um, so obviously, then I think John Paul probably came in as team manager, right, during that period. Yeah, Bill. When did Bill leave? Um, I, can't, I can't remember. But Bill was there for a while. He was there for the beginning. Um, I owe a lot to Bill. You know, rest in peace. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah um, but then John uh, John Paul came in again. I I can't tell you the year offhand. Um, and again, like John Paul's like, well, that's John Paul Rogers. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? You know, he's uh, I looked up to him too. The S and M days, you know, dirt jumping, trail riding guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden he's my team manager, so that was really really cool. There's one uh, race it's in Snap as well, and I'll, I'll try and. You guys all raced in like I don't know, like jumpsuits or something. You remember? Which oh, one? yeah, yeah. Was that a John yeah, Paul that, thing? Yeah, it was a John Paul thing, and I think the the, the jumpsuits were one size fits all. Right? Yeah, you're so tall. <laughs> yeah. So you have Bogey. Like Bogey was chilling because he's right. You know, he's, I don't know how tall he's. You know, he's probably five. Nine, five, ten, something yeah. like that. Maybe shorter than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was chilling in that thing. But mine, you know, I was wearing the same size that he was. Right. <laughs> and it, that's the year that I lost the title of Stumpy. So maybe, maybe that—that's why I lost. I used to. I'll, I'll, I'll blame it on the jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. I just remember seeing pictures in the magazines um, of you yeah. guys wearing them. Um, so yeah. then, as you turning into the, you know, I say you turn into Double A, you racing Alan and Brian. So how was, um, you know, that that between you guys? I mean, again, they're cool, mellow guys, so I'm sure it wasn't really a problem. But um, yeah, you guys were all kind of racing together as well as traveling, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was cool at first. Um, you know, I was kind of like cutting my teeth in the beginning. You know, get my feet wet, feeling that a lot. Brian and Alan were doing really well, and then you know you get to that point where. You, know, you get to that rookie season, and then the next year you're kind of settling in and getting more confident and comfortable racing people who you've looked up to. That kind of, uh, you know, gets watered down a little bit. You're like, well, you know, I'm here. You know, I'm the new generation. Pass the torch to me. So mm-hmm. um, it was cool. It was it was always respectful. Um, but again, you know, there's always a little bit. You know, you want to be the you want to be the best guy on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really matter if you're, you know, as long as you're the best guy on the team. Mm-hmm. It's a good weekend for the most part, you know, because it uh, secures your job security a little bit. Um, but it was always very, very friendly rivalry, I think. Um, and then not long after that, Alan kind of went off and did his own thing with Airwalk mm-hmm. again. And then Brian was focused more on the jumping, so I was kind of like the guy. Yes. Um, the Schwinn, you know, flagship rider, um, you know, there. So I was kind of, you know, stepping into their shoes to kind of take the lead on the team. And like I say, that was always during the really good period for for everybody. I think no matter what team you was on, if you was a, a good double A in the top 15, 20, you was, you was probably making money. So you was probably starting to bank some money as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so crazy to think back to that, man. We we, we were really lucky, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be where we were mm-hmm. um, in our careers at that time. You know, it wasn't – I mean, we were, we were you know – making deals for how much salary we were going to get, you know, our expenses and all that travel was a given, right? It was just mm-hmm. basically how much money am I going to make, you know, bonus money, you know, contingencies and all that. So it's, it's definitely a different time. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I think, like I say, it was all on a good, a good run to, for, for travel, the expenses and yeah, that, but on top of that, um, and, and now, so tell us about maybe when you started, um, your first win and you was always so consistent, you know, um, one of the main guys and, um, what, what was your first big one? Yeah, thanks. Um, Salt Lake City was was my first one. Um, I felt like I was up to that point. That was in like, that was in June of '97, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I guess my first oh man, I think my first full year of I guess I got my yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, so Salt Lake City. Um, you know, I still have a picture uh, I saw it the other day with. Uh, it was me and I think Christoph got third and Schoonover got second podium picture mm-hmm. that I just recently saw. So that's cool. Um, yeah, it was just one of those days where um, I was bound to win up to that point. Just things were happening. Like I put myself in positions to win and it just wouldn't happen. Like, a, you know, some bad luck here and there or whatever. So it was only a matter of time. And then that weekend, I finally broke through. And then after that, like once you get that first win, um, you know, they, they just start rolling in, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. 
What was you for doing? For a while. You was obviously still in Ohio. I remember you, I think you came out to California a few few times in the winter, right? I seem to remember you'd come and stay with Alan or somebody. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd come out when, uh, like if Schwinn or somebody was doing photo shoots or something, we'd go to Sheep or Bose or mm-hmm. Hidden Valley or something like that to um, just for photos. Yeah, I remember seeing you. But you always, you know, you, you always stayed in Ohio. Did you have a, what was you doing for training? Because obviously um, it snows, it's cold there. Um, did you have people helping you there or just kind of did your own thing Rocky style? Pretty much Rocky style, really. <laughs> um, I mean, back then we didn't really have trainers. We were just kind of guessing on what to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, early in the pro career. And uh, just going to skate parks, skate parks once or twice a week and then on the weekend find an indoor track which typically i mean they weren't close uh, i'd go to indianapolis which is like a two two hour drive uh one way on tuesdays to ride there and then um so i definitely put uh, you know a lot of shield time in behind the wheel you know driving yeah did you, um, did but, you, did you ever have the desire to move out to california full-time back then or i not really and i don't know why I don't know why. I think um, I was just happy where I was. I was comfortable where I was. I was focused where I was. Um, and I just didn't really really think about it much. It's kind of funny that I moved out here after. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, always thought, I would, would have thought you'd have done it earlier. But like I said, you had your own little thing in it, and it worked, obviously. You know, I remember Christmas Classic. You was always riding road super good. And, um, and you, was, you was modeling as well, right? Um, I got into that a little later. I think I was probably like in my late twenties. Um, I was doing a uh, photo shoot for Fox when I was sponsored by Fox, uh-huh. and the photographer was like, uh, "Do you do you ever do any modeling?" I'm like, "No, nah, nah, fuck that." <laughs> and then uh, yeah, uh, and then anyway, long story short, I contact. He knew a photographer or an agency in Cincinnati. I got with them, and uh, they sent me out to do some things, and it's like. I got this uh, this Hanes uh, uh, gig where I was on the package of the socks and all that, and uh, you know made really good money. I was like, wow, that, that's crazy. That's like, you know, that's 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 a lot of uh, you know podiums. Yeah. That I got for just uh, you know hanging out in my underwear <laughs> for a little while, you know. So um, it kind of snowballed from there. Now, did you ever like feel like going full time into that, or you could kind of juggle both? I thought I could juggle both. Um, I always had a passion for racing. I mean, that was always number one, you know, in my life for sure. Um, but I, uh, I just never, when I go and do a modeling thing and I make decent money, I would always leave feeling nowhere near how I would feel after a good weekend of racing. Mm-hmm. Just that satisfaction mm-hmm. that you get. So, um, and I was getting that from racing and I needed that. I needed to feel that. I needed to feel that accomplishment and that, uh, you know, putting in all that work and just going out there and pedaling and sweating and bleeding mm-hmm. that physical, you know, building that mental toughness, all that stuff. I needed that. I needed to feel that to feel full, I guess. And I didn't get that from just, even though the money was better, um, than modeling or, you know, if you get the right gigs it is. but, yeah. um, so, so racing was always, it was always the priority for sure. What was, um, now you won the Monster Cross, right? So, did you win it one year, like 98, 99? Yeah, 99. How was that? Tell us a little bit about that whole championship. Yeah, that was great. Um, for some reason, again, um, in the open class or versus the, because I guess Monster Cross would be considered the open class mm-hmm. versus uh, our class, I would always do better. So, there'd be races where... I wouldn't make it out of the motos in class, but I'd win the monster cross, man. Uh, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but yeah. So I won in 99, 98, I think, um, Greg. I came in, I came in second behind Christoph and then okay. 99, it was between me and Romero. Okay. And Romero got hurt early in the year and I picked up some points on him that way. And then he, the finals were in uh, Paris, right. Lake Paris. And, um, we kind of met there and I ended up winning. I think it like, I think second in the main to, to win it. Because I think Romero didn't make the main. I can't remember the deal, but I had to get second in the main. Mm-hmm. And that was the night that the lights went out. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Totally. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah, so we had to come back and finish it up the next day, didn't we? And then do another national. Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I had it all planned out that, okay, we're racing. Monster Cross was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The title will be wrapped up tonight. Mm-hmm. So the lights went out, and then 
I think we got maybe through the semis or not maybe maybe quarters or something of monster cross. So we had to sleep, you know, try to sleep that night, mm-hmm. knowing that tomorrow, you know, we had to race for the title when it was supposed to be done Saturday night. So that was uh, that was a rough night for me, just uh, yeah, you know. But um, but uh, yeah, ended up uh, ended up winning it. Won a CR two fifty, which almost killed myself on that, and so then you, I sold that. Oh, you see, you rode it a little bit first, though, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I wanted John, uh, John Paul was like, "You're not, you're not, you're selling, you're taking the money. Um, you know, you're not, you're not riding that thing. You're gonna hurt." I was like, "No, man, I'm getting it. I'm taking the motorcycle." <laughs> so I ended up getting that, and I crashed and broke both my big toes at the same time, uh, jumping off of it. But yeah, it was um, that was a, uh, it was good. It was a, uh, it was a good title. It's you know, it's a legit title. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on TV as well, you know. So yeah, it was it was a televised series, so I figure that's you know. Probably so, even better for me. So it seemed like you liked one main more than three? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, not particularly. I didn't think about it that way. I just, it, that's just the way it went, you know? You should have got, because again, there's another question. You never really went to the Worlds too much, and that was always a, a one, um, yeah, one main type deal. So is there any reason why you didn't go to the Worlds during, you know, those, yeah, you, you really didn't go much, did you? Yeah, we, we didn't. I mean, when I was on Schwinn, we, uh, they just didn't really put much uh weight on it really um yeah we never went for whatever reason so it was just a weekend off it was nice yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what would you say was your best year i think you got a lot quite a handful of number twos and threes right in nbl yeah yeah i got um i got number four quite a bit number three quite a bit i don't think i ever got i think three was the best i've ever done other than the monster cross title, which was still, I mean, top three, and that that you know, like I say, the level was so hard, you know. Yeah, yeah, but being up, you know, in the NBL, being up, like have a mathematical chance mm-hmm. uh, for the title at the grounds a couple times. I think one year, I think the year KB, well, one of the years he won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was five of us that could have got it, oh, wow. and he he was like in fifth in the points, and ended up like winning the main and then winning the title. Right. Which was pretty badass. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I look at my career super consistent. Um, I got out of it relatively injury free. You know, a lot of guys come in and kill it and then they're gone. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I pride myself in that longevity. Absolutely. And you, uh, you would say you, you always did good at the NBL Grands. You was always super good in Kentucky. And like I say, can, a lot of, I've got a lot of these videotapes and I've, I've got a couple of clips I've been saving to put with this. Uh, some of the monster cross stuff, but I mean, you won a lot of legit races when everybody showed up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Looking back, I mean, I, I got some wins, um, mm-hmm. but again, you know, a lot of a lot of top threes. You know, you go through your your ups and downs, and uh, you know, there's a a little pocket of time where I couldn't make it out of the motos to save my life, even though I was feeling great and all that. And then other weekends, it just comes super easy. It's it's um, mm-hmm. you know, you know. You know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, one of those things where you just, um, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was you, like, big on, because you say, coming from swimming and, and being a big guy, was you big on the weights and stuff? You did a lot of that? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, kind of guessed what to do early in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when things really worked out uh, and uh, kind of structured was with, uh, Grant White. I trained with Grant White for a little bit. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, probably for a year, maybe yeah. a year or two with Grant. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, I did my own thing for a little bit, and then uh, I was German, German Medina for like eight years, I think. Oh, see, I didn't realize that either. Um, yeah. What, uh, w- when things came to the end at Schwinn then, uh, that was when the bankruptcy, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us maybe a little bit about that and where you went next. Yeah, so let's see. Wow, that was kind of um, kind of a slap in the face for sure because I was in the middle. I was like a year and a half into a three-year deal, oh. and my third year was just like, oh man, like unbelievable at that time for you know for however old I was, twenty-year-old kid, yeah, you know, mid-twenties, you know, and that you know that contract obviously it wasn't uh, you know it didn't go through, but uh, yeah. So after that. Um, DK stepped in and went back to them, rode for them. Budendak was running the program, and uh, they kind of stepped in and really, um, you know, helped me out at a time when, you know, there, there was nothing. It was, 
you know, it was, uh, whenever that was, it was like late in the year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool. I mean, they had, they had plans. He had Robbie on the team and he had this RM59 and, uh, they wanted to make, uh, strictly race bike, like an aluminum bike. And they needed somebody to do that. And at that time, it's like when I, that was when I was let go of Schwinn. So it was like the timing of that could have been perfect. Mm-hmm. So I got a signature bike with them like right away. And, uh, it was like perfect timing. It was back, back with my family, you know? Uh, and it was cool. I mean, DK was cool. It still is, you know, a cool company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, fought, you kind of kept Fox for a while. I don't know if it was with Schwinn, or Schwinn, but you was with Fox on DK, right? Yeah, yeah, that was really cool too because Fox was always a really cool company. And uh, when I was on Schwinn, they had their own XS brand that was of, it, of yeah. leathers and, and apparel that we had to use. Yeah. Uh, so when I was on DK, I was like, oh, you know, we got Fox gear, just all these cool companies, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was really cool. Just really uh, kind of lit the fire back up, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, you really have some good cool sponsors all the all the way through. Now, Olympics, I know, uh, did 08 come onto your radar? Was that a big focus for you, or you wasn't really too worried about it, or what were your thoughts yeah, on I, that? I mean, I kind of felt like it's the Olympics. I was never, uh, the like the the big hill and all that I was it was never my cup of tea and I I basically I figured like well it's the Olympics and I'm you know one of the top you know top Americans mm-hmm. I should go for it but I t- to be honest man the the hill I just never got comfortable and it was just like I was kind of relieved when yeah. I wasn't one of the guys you know right <laughs> to right. be honest and but nobody nobody knew, really knew the criteria at that time either it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Did so, you, did what, the Triple Crown, did you enjoy that or was that kind of same deal? Kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just was scared to death the whole time. To be, and I you was a good jumper though, you know, that's what. I know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it was. I just was never comfortable with that stuff. Right. Um, just going downhill like that, not being able to really control your speed. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was it. Maybe he's not being able to generate the speed, mm-hmm. you know, physically. Versus uh, going down a mountain or a giant uh, giant starting hill, it just I don't know, I'm just never comfortable with it. Trails, all that big jumps, I was pretty cool with, but for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, just never got comfortable with that stuff. Yeah, and no, I understand. I think maybe Stumpy was probably the same kind of as you was to win anybody on a regular yeah. track, but probably yeah, longevity coming towards the end of his career, probably just didn't think it was worth the risk, was it? You know. Yeah, and I think that you know that frontal lobe in your brain develops when you're in your late twenties, mm-hmm. early thirties. It's just like you start thinking about stuff, and I just was like, man, I, it's not worth it. Like I really, I'm not comfortable. And you know, we can talk about this now, but during the time, it's like you're talking yourself in and out of stuff mm-hmm. all day long. It's you know, it can it can really it can really get to you. And yeah, I, I went I went through that at yeah. that time and I don't know for whatever reason um, just I started thinking a lot about stuff <laughs> I think a lot of guys that first Olympic cycle probably the same scenario you know some of the guys the older guys into that you know like say I think Jason and Greg and uh, Christian Bessering I think a lot were still trying well I can still do good on the regular track what and then obviously just what you said you know probably then you start questioning everything on the on the big, um, yeah, because it was new for everybody, wasn't it, you know, even Kyle, you know, it's like how, you know, how good Kyle was on the regular track, he was still good at Supercross, but on a, on a regular track, he was really good, you know, he could still flat out win, you know. So, yeah, for sure, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's funny looking back to the, the first Triple Crown event, when we all had like big knobbies on our bikes, we all had, you know, uh, uh, chest protectors, and, mm-hmm. you know, nobody was clipped in, and just kind of funny how, how it's just progressed to where it is now. Yeah, no, as far as the downhill stuff. Yeah, so maybe tell us a little bit about the last couple of years of Double uh, A before you kind of eased into vet. Um, let's see, double. Okay, so the last couple of years were. Let me dig a little bit. You um, went to Dan's at some point, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Kuwara. Gosh. Oh yeah, Kuwara, like, yeah, you and Warwick, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Totally, totally blanked up. Yeah, so I was on Kui Kuwara for a while. Mm-hmm. A um, couple few years, and that was kind of wild. I'm trying to think of who. Um, I think Bill. Bill might have set that up. Huh. Or no, maybe it was Burke. It was Ryan Burke. Okay. Ryan Burke let me know that um, they're you know wanting to 
startup again. And there's a guy in Australia, Julian, that was kind of heading it up internationally. And, um, yeah, yeah. Rode for them for a while and, uh, had some good, you know, a couple good years. Warwick and I were teammates and I remember he and I, again, you want to be the better guy in your team. You know, you don't want to be the guy, you know, mm-hmm. getting, you know, you always want to be the top guy in the, in the team totem pole, but he and I would go back and forth and I got to hang out with him and get to know him a little bit mm-hmm. throughout that time, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, I think he, I think he dated my, or hung out with my, uh, my ex-wife's twin sister for a while. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something. I think she like flew to, flew to Texas or something to hang out with him. I, I can't remember. Right, right. Funny. But so, something shady, you know? Yeah, yeah. Typical double A. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Cool Horror was cool. That was that was a good run. Um, and then after that, they kind of um, kind of shit the bed. Uh, I can't remember what happened. I think they just stopped selling bikes in the U.S. So there's no point in having a U.S. guy. And then Dan's, boom, right away, they stepped up. So I feel like I've been pretty lucky with people being there when I need them. Mm-hmm. You know, like timing. Timing has always been pretty good when it comes to that. I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dan stepped up. Scott Moreland kind of had, headed that up and uh, went in with that. And I did the Selly Smelly thing, which oh, was... Um, yeah, yeah, did that for a while. Do you, you remember that? Yeah, you gave me some, yeah. How... How rich would I be right now? I if, know. Uh, <laughs> so t- tell us a little bit about how that came about and everything then. Yes. The Sully Smiley thing? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, my wife, Jessica, she's a brainiac, and she's always coming up with inventions and things like that. And she came up with an idea about a disinfectant cell phone wipe that you wipe your yes. cell phone with because you're putting your phone up to your face. You know, headphones mm-hmm. weren't that popular then. Um, and just because your cell phone you know, is dirtier, has more germs than a toilet seat, what they say. So she came up with an idea to have these scented, like different fragrance, uh, cell phone wipes that disinfect your phone mm-hmm. and it makes your, you know, it smells good. Mm-hmm. So I just, I had nothing other than the Dan's kind of co-sponsorship at that point. I was like, well, why don't we just instead of racing for somebody else? Why don't I just do whatever I can to race for us mm-hmm. and um, do that? So got a uniform made and like did some clinics and uh all that kind of stuff traveled around and uh did that for a few years i heard totally uh, you'd say that would have been golden now right yeah i've gotten so many messages from people i bet uh you know again timing man mm-hmm. timing right now it would have been whew, pretty good yeah. but yeah so did, did that kind of went off on my own as a privateer which was fun doing that setting up camps and um, kind of doing my own thing that way. It was, and Dan's was supporting me as well throughout that. And then um, the Sally Smelly thing was really, really hard to keep up with. Uh, so we kind of stopped doing that, and then full time Dan's after that. Mm-hmm. And they obviously help you out into into Vet Pro as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Now tell us. Uh, I know we did a podcast with Javier a few weeks ago, and he talked a little bit about that world's in Denmark where you two guys were battling and then you uh, pulled the trigger and jumped the triple into the first turn and got a boost and went on to win. So maybe tell us a little bit about that, mate. Oh, yeah, geez. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, man. It was like the first year of that when you still have that double-A mentality. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You haven't shaken it yet. But right. um, I, I mean, that jump, it was, there's no good way to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it was a huck. So I think I try, I heard, um, uh, Doris, Doris Brink. Right. I heard he jumped it maybe a couple weeks before the race. So I knew it was like possible from the amateur side. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I was like just struggling so bad jumping to two, one or however we were taking it. Uh-huh. It's like, there's, if, if I have any chance in doing anything, I have to jump it. Cause hobbies, he was faster, you know, mm-hmm. first, faster, first straight. So I, I tried it in practice and came nowhere near it, bent my forks, nowhere <laughs> near it. And then uh, tried it again in the semi and cased it a little bit, but kept my momentum. I was like, ooh. Right. It's like, I have, I have to do it in the main. Yeah. Uh, so in the main, Javi was, had a little bit of a lead, and I just hucked it, mm-hmm. had just a little bit more speed than I did in the semi, I guess, mm-hmm. and landed so perfectly and just railed around him in the first turn. Right. on the outside of them and just uh, I was like whoa <laughs> um, <laughs> I could just feel like 
the salt of hobbies. I could just feel his soul <laughs> leave him as I passed him, you know? <laughs> How was but, it to, uh, to win that? Was that a big deal for you then? And you, you know, winning the Worlds? Um, I feel like it's a bigger deal now. Mm-hmm. Not now, but I mean after. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was just kind of like, ah, oh, it's just Vet Pro. You know, it's whatever. But once you settle into Vet Pro and it becomes like mm-hmm. where your class is, mm-hmm. it's like it becomes a bigger a bigger deal. Yeah. But at that point, it was just kind of, it was cool. I was just cool that I passed Javi. Mm-hmm. The way I passed them, I thought that was pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty much all I took away from it. Right. Just how, jumping that triple and passing them, I thought that was cool. And how was, you know, I think you probably, what did you do? Vet, I know you was on and off, but you, what, three or four years, right? Let's see, 2000, yeah, probably four. Yeah. Four or five, something like that. How was those years racing? So it's really you, Javi, and Christian were probably the main, the main yeah. years, right? Yeah, I mean that first year was just me and Javi, and we were, um, we were, we actually I got I got a, you know I got the best of them that whole year, mm-hmm. and then it came down to the grands, and I I did what I had to do there, um, but after that, man, I don't know what happened. Like I just once he, uh, you know, he got me a couple times. Like I couldn't I, for whatever reason. I just I was like I don't know if I just phoned it in or what. And then Christian came in, and then. We're just like, okay, well, top three, get that Maxis, get that Maxis. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were here with that Maxis. With, yeah. yeah, which was ridiculous. <laughs> you oh, you and Javier, I think, were on better contingency then than probably the double A's, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. that was the, the first year, uh, 2011 was the first year of that where I was winning pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. And then I won the title, both you know, the world and the national title. I mean, I cleaned up, cleaned up for Maxis. Yeah. And then the next year, they did it again, and I think I had it for like three years. Because even that, our guy, that. even Maris and Christian, when we were doing free agent, they're like, Dale, you got to get us on Maxis. <laughs> and I said, I'm <laughs> trying. No, I could never. I couldn't. I, I mean, I still, up to a couple of years ago, I was still always trying with Maxis. It's like, you're, when you're in, you're in. And if you're not, you're not, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. you was in, you know? I was in. I was in, and uh, I mean, for a while there was a photo contingency too. Right. I think. I think that first year I was kidding. Like, <laughs> as a vet pro, you know. <laughs> I was like, this ain't so bad. Right. I remember having you always. I feel pretty well. Yeah. Talked about it and stuff. But yeah, like even Maris is like, you got to get us on Max. I like, can't. Nobody will respond. You know. Yeah, it was, I mean, look, it was, and I knew, mm-hmm. I was like, this is not fair, but, you know, I got to figure out what I'm doing with my life right now. Yeah. I'm in transition, so I, I need to, yeah. I need to make the money where I can at this point. To, oh, yeah, take it where you can. You but know. It, yeah, it was like, I mean, it was, so it was like 500 a win, mm-hmm. and you win, you know, you double, you get a thousand bucks from Maxis. Yeah. Each weekend, and then on top of what you would win, you know, five hundred bucks for the win. So it'd be like two thousand dollars a weekend for a while there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, that pro so bad. just to race, have, just to race Javier to the first turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the world titles. I think first was like five thousand, and then wow, second I got second behind Hobby in England, and that was like three thousand, I think. Yeah, um, for that pro. Yeah, can't be bad, you know. Very good. So at the same yeah. time, you were, you let's say you moved to LA and then you started pursuing the, maybe talk a little bit about moving to LA and pursuing the acting stuff. Yeah. So um, basically I kind of got a little bit of a, a taste of acting back in, in Ohio and Cincinnati. Um, <clears throat> I took, took an acting class because of uh, just, you know, when you're racing and focused on that 24 seven, it, it consumes you. I've told this story before, but um you know, you have to have balance in your life for sure. And I, I didn't, I had none, I had none. It was basically just, how do I get faster on this bike? You know, yeah. what, what do I got to do? And then when you're in Ohio, you're isolated. It's all you think about. So it's, you know, tenfold. Mm-hmm. So somebody said, uh, why don't you take an acting class? So it'll get you out of your head a little bit and it's not physical. So it won't interrupt your training and all that. So I was like, ah, you know, no way. I'm not, I had no, no, I no intention of doing that at all. But anyway, long story short, I did. And, um, started to dig it a little bit and then it's just good therapy, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, it kind of snowballed, did some commercials, um, and then moved out to LA basically for the weather. And then while I'm here, why not try and get into this acting stuff? And, uh, took some classes, uh, and just hammered, hammered at it, you know, hammered at it. Like I did my racing at that time I was doing, you know, racing that as well. 
So it was a, it was a good balance at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just slowly, you know, you, you pay your dues. You, you get in there, you do short films, you do student films, you're in class, you, you do whatever you can just to kind of get on set and get experience and, and just, you know, you learn, you learn on the street how to do it pretty much. And, uh, you make, you network that way and you make contacts and, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's, it, I feel like I'm now, now I'm in with acting, I'm in the same position I was with, with racing where I need more balance in my life now. So I'm, uh, that's kind of why I want to start to race again. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, yeah, you know, acting and reading and, and studying is like, I'm so consumed with it that, um, you know, it's good for me to have a, a balance. And my girlfriend, actually, she, she's good at that. She's, she, you know, she's an explorer. She likes to go out and hike and surf and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I'm lucky to have her kind of in my life to balance me out a little bit, too. And you've always been into surfing as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good, but I, I can do it. And, uh, you know, I'm a novice, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being in the water and all that. Yeah. So what's what's the obviously everything's kind of on hold now as it is for everybody. But what's kind of the goal with acting and and yeah maybe the next couple of years? Yeah, uh, the goal is just to keep moving forward, um, continue to just get better. Every time I, you know you you do a movie or or whatever, you learn. You, you there's always something that's going to happen that you don't expect. Uh-huh. You don't you don't know what it is. But it's just like being prepared and being able to roll with it. You know, it's 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 a lot like racing. You, it's it's the same thing but different. Uh-huh. It's just being being prepared, doing your homework, and just showing up and letting it rip. You know, just um, uh, and the thing with with these movies is, you know, I'm I'm still learning. You know, you never stop learning. But a lot of the stuff I'm learning is available on Amazon, so it's some of it's kind of rough to watch. You know, but um. It's just, uh, it's a learning, it's a, you know, it's a work in progress. And my, well, my goals are just to continue moving forward. I got a great agent I just signed with in November, got a great manager. Um, I was actually booked to start a movie um, before, like a couple days uh, after the shutdown happened, COVID COVID thing. So that's on hold. Um, But yeah, just to show up, show up, just keep showing up, do my thing and, um, you know, I feel like uh, it'll work out. It's 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 a gnarly industry. It's even more crazy than than BMX racing. But um, I feel like, I don't know. I feel I feel like I've gone from one ridiculous career to the next. <laughs> when the odds are completely against you, both of them. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Who have you met anybody like fame? Like I know you. I've seen some. I see some of the stuff that you put up there, and you know, sometimes we say watch this on Sunday night, and I've, I've checked in on some. Of, some of the stuff you've been in, but have you met anybody super famous, like some real big hitters or, um, yeah, any experiences of being around any of those guys? Oh yeah. I mean, um, I train with a group of guys up in Malibu and, uh, it's, you know, a small group of friends and I mean, it's just, you, you never know who, who's going to pop by, Mm -hmm. pop in for a workout, you know? So it's uh, any, I mean, anybody, anybody who's the best at what they do, you'll see there, not only like actors and celebrities, but, um, uh, you know, just anybody, anybody who's, who's kind of at the top of the food chain because it's all these mind, these like minds, uh-huh. you know, are, are together and wanting to, to be positive and, and, and be better people and be better at what they do. And it's just a bunch of, you know, guys and girls just hanging out and working out, you know, working out and up and, uh, you know, we do a lot of pool stuff underwater with weights and things like that and ice, you know, ice and breathing and sun and all that stuff. So it's, um, yeah, you, you never know who will pop by. Yeah, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's a great, great, great group of people up there, and I'm so fortunate to kind of Forrest Gump my way into it. <laughs> That's so cool! Like just even living up, living up there, the few times we go up there for you know day trips or once in a while we'll, we'll go up to Los Angeles. Um, just like people watching or just just sitting drinking coffee. I mean, I I super love just like being around there and checking it all out. So it must be like that every day for you, right? Yeah, yeah. You never know who you're gonna see. You know who you're gonna run into and. Uh, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool to to be in a place where, you know, just by running into somebody, having a conversation with somebody that you look up to, I mean, it's inspiring, you know, it makes you want to be better yeah. at what you're doing, no matter what it is. And it's cool that you can literally go down to a coffee shop and run into 
somebody who could do that for you at that time. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's uh-huh. feel really really grateful to to live where I live for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's just kind of finish it upon. What's your thoughts on current racing? I don't know how much you're paying attention. What do you think? How it all sits? You know, pro racing, Olympics, and everything. Uh, USA BMX. What's your thoughts on everything right now, Matt? Yeah, you know, I'm a little detached. Um, I do try and watch, you know, Instagram. Uh, I'll catch some things on Instagram or watch uh, some of the races online. But it, it's really, it's really hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, it's definitely different sport um it is definitely not the sport that i i you know participated in especially in the you know my early pro career Mm -hmm. um i feel like it's very not to take anything away from the guys at all because i mean they're all just badasses machines but i mean it's just it seems very sterile and maybe that's just me kind of outside looking in Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not in it so i don't really my opinion probably shouldn't hold a whole lot of weight but I mean, I, I look up and I, re, I respect all of those guys because I know what they're doing because I've, I've been in that arena before. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing negative uh, to say about them. But it's just, I don't know, I just feel like it's the same old story. You know, what do we got to do to make BMX better? What do you got to do? You know? mm-hmm. And we've been talking about that for a year and that's for years. And that's why I, I appreciate what you're doing, you know, with the, with the camps and all that. Um, mm-hmm you know, getting those kids at the grassroots and all that. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have, I'm a little detached from it all, but it's BMX racing, man. You know, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine. And no matter what they do, I'll always love it and I'll always love and respect anybody who throws a leg over a bike. Yeah. I still see you out there. Right. I think you were at sheep not too long ago. I've seen on your Instagram. So it seems like you still enjoy riding your bike, right? Yeah, I definitely do. But it comes in waves, you know, mm-hmm. What bike do you but have now? Right now, I have um, actually I just got a Dwayne Taylor. That guy, man, he he's always had my back. Yeah, as well. I know. Dwayne's a good guy. He he really is, man. Mm. Um, he's always all throughout all these years. He's always checks in, and I I'm really bad at returning his phone calls. But he he got me a, a frame, cool, uh, a mongoose that I'd like to you know put in the sunshine sometime soon. But I gotta get I don't have any parts for it right now. Yeah. Um, but Jason Richardson actually gave me a, um, a GT, uh, 22. Oh, that one that he was riding a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, yeah, we met like in downtown LA when he was in town one day, I guess probably a couple of years ago, maybe. And, uh, gave me what he had and I built it up and I've been just kind of riding that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been riding it quite a bit, riding up Canyon roads and stuff like that lately just to get out and get some exercise. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm on right now. I'm just, uh, I gotta get some parts for uh for this goose yeah it seems like if you do want to race again i'm sure Dwayne will get you all uh goosed out you know yeah yeah he's 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 a i can't say enough good things about Dwayne. he's always he's always been there man yeah um, such a great such a great guy yeah absolutely wow it'd be great to see you back out there so you are gonna know you're a bit younger than me so i'm um, so you'd probably be 40 to 45 right if you raced yeah i'm 43 right now i'll be 44 in july right um, but then, then like, you know, I started thinking, should I race vet? Well, but it seems like vets got easier. Well, not, I mean, disregard Tyler and, uh, Suarez, but, uh, you know, no disrespect to the other guys, but they're the only two guys I kind of see really doing good. So yeah, maybe you could still hop in vet. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, where do I, I haven't done a gate. I don't, I don't know where I, I don't know if I'm slow or if I'm fat. I have no idea where I, where I would fit in right now, you know? Yeah. That's it's why been I, so wild. 40, 40, 45 on flats. And it's perfect for you. You know, you could just roll in and out as you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good yeah, we'll stuff. See. Good stuff. Matt, if anybody wants to, uh, yeah, I don't know, hit you up, follow you. Uh, what's all your info? Yeah. Uh, Matt Polkamp uh, on Instagram and Facebook. If anybody uses that, I don't think anybody's really on Facebook anymore, but yeah, Instagram, um, at M A T T P O H L K A M P. And I'm sure there'll be a few people uh, listening to this or want to check out some of your, you know, film and stuff. Where's uh, the best chance to uh, see some of your footage? Um, Lifetime, I've got probably about eight movies that are running on Lifetime, which is super, you know, grateful for. So uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll plug them on Instagram or something when they're, yeah, when they're out. They usually, they usually run, you know, a couple a week. So it's, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Good stuff, good stuff. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for talking, Matt. And, uh, yeah, good luck with everything. We're always pulling for you to 
over there in Hollywood. So if we can name, you know, I name drop you now when I'm talking to my wife or somebody. I'm like, hey, Matt's going to be in a movie or something, you know. So <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man, it was good talking, and uh, yeah, we'll up to talk to you soon. Yeah, you too. Hey, are you? Uh, so you're back in school. I don't know if we're continuing with the pod, but I just want to like, how, how's that going for you? Yeah, no, so yeah. Well, obviously, it's all gone to um, online now. So uh, I just do one class. So I'm just doing like a marketing class. Um, and I'm just like kind of what you said, just trying to mix it, you know, try to do something different and try and, you know, I'm scatterbrained already, you know, and uh, just trying to focus, see if I can focus and, and learn something new, really. So, yeah, I'm kind of kind of enjoying it. It's all gone to, like I just said, onto online. So it's kind of changed right in the middle of it. But, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it, you know. Yeah, that's great, man. Congrats on that. That's really cool. Yeah, thanks. You and, you and BF. I know, but I don't. I mean, he really did it all and, and came out the other end. So I don't think I'm. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that. But if I can just learn something and and you know just kind of put myself, uh, like I said, in, in a, out my comfort zone and do something else, then it's been, it's been worth it already. You know. So. Yeah, yeah. Do something uncomfortable every day. You know, that's that's how you grow for Abs- sure. Absolutely. Good yeah. stuff. All right, Matt. It was good talking. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to everybody next time. Yeah, 100%, Dale. Thank you so much, man. Big fan of that podcast, and uh, it was an honor to be on it, man, for real. All right. Thank you, Matt. See you. All right. See you.